Hey friends, welcome to Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous. I'm your host, Julia, and on today's show, we are exploring the family dynamics of the holiday movie, The Family Stone. We have not one, but two guests today. Christina Kay from Christina Kay Creations and Mario Mello from Movies with Mr. Mario. This episode is brought to you by Hughes by Jewels. Hughes by Jewels offers custom artwork and original prints specializing in watercolor, focusing on the human form and different shades of skin. If you're looking for that perfect gift for a birthday or have a special memory you'd like to commemorate, visit Hughes by Jewels on Instagram or find the Etsy shop of the same name. That's Hughes, H-U-E-S by Jewels, J-U-L. The Family Stone released in theaters on December 16th, 2005 and stars Dermot Mulroney, Sarah Jessica Parker, Claire Danes, Diane Keaton, and Craig T. Nelson, just to name a few. But before we dive in, let's say hello to our guests. Christina, Mario, welcome back to the show. Hi, everyone. Hi. To kick us off, let's do a quick summary of The Family Stone. And friends, this description is from the internet. I literally have no idea where I pulled it from, so Lord help us. Everett Stone wants to bring his girlfriend Meredith Morton to meet his bohemian Connecticut family at Christmas. Straight-laced Meredith, feeling she needs backup, asks her sister Julie to come along, hoping to win the approval of her boyfriend's parents, Sybil and Kelly, and the rest of the family. Instead, Meredith succeeds only in highlighting her uptight personality and making Everett doubt his intentions. On December 16th, 2005, the New York Times writer Manola Darges, I apologize if I butchered that, I'm not quite sure how to pronounce it, had this to say in her review. This tribe of ravenous cannibals bears its excellent teeth at anyone who doesn't accommodate the family's perining self-regard. Its most recent target is Meredith Morton, an executive played by Sarah Jessica Parker, who probably hopes to marry into the clan little realizing that this will leave no stone unturned and all aimed straight at her head. In a 2005 article from AV Club, writer Scott Tobias wrote this, whether by design or miscasting, Sarah Jessica Parker shoulders most of the ill will as an uptight urban businesswoman whose posture suggests a body temperature cold enough to crack a thermometer. First seen barking into his cell phone, which has replaced mustache twirling as the cinematic shorthand of evil, Parker gets thrown to the wolves when her boyfriend Dermot Mulroney brings her home for Christmas. Mulroney's spiteful sister, Rachel McAdams, has already had a chance to damn Parker on first impression, but much of the family follows in line, especially mother Diane Keaton, who wants the best for her golden boy. Others, such as Father Craig T. Nelson and Brother Luke Wilson, are little more tolerant of Parker's abrasive qualities, but Keaton possesses the family diamond, and she refuses to give it to Mulroney when he asks for it as an engagement ring. After a particularly horrific dinner, Parker calls on her sibling, Claire Danes, for emergency reinforcement, but Danes' appealing presence introduces another set of problems. So it can be really very difficult for a new partner to come into the family that is this close as the stones clearly are. But what's worse is that they don't seem to care like that. It's hard, you know? So the movie is pretty well split in terms of likability. People either love it or hate it. So let's start there. Which camp are you in and why? And Christina, since this is a movie you enjoy, we're going to start with you, ma'am. Okay. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> I love this movie. I think it's one of my favorite, like, I call it my grown-up Christmas movies because, oh. like, The Grinch is my favorite Christmas movie. 
but that's like an seriously movie. we don't have time to dive down that rabbit hole go on we don't i don't <laughs> have time for that right now i'm just saying like my favorite like adult ensemble christmas movie is this one and i think it's because it just feels the most like home to me honestly this is how my family communicates you know right away if they don't like somebody and is that uncomfortable yes it kind of is however when they like you you really know and that's exciting and it just like in the movie like they are easy to not easy to win over but once you win them over with some you know goodwill and you prove that you're not just like one way then i don't know i think it resembles my family and so i'm comfortable with it and i like it you identify with sure that yeah, I'm sure people that don't like those kinds of families would be like, this sounds awful. I don't want to go there. And I'm like, I don't blame you, but you know, we all well, like what we like. They are, I mean, they are pretty awful to Meredith. Like, They are it's... awful to Meredith, but I also think that like, look at the times too. We might not say or act that way now anymore, but in the like movie space, that was so freaking normal to be like, <laughs> I disagree with you that we don't act and behave that way anymore. And we'll get to that. But okay. now, but, but now we need to know where Mario stands. Well, so this is actually one of my, probably my favorite Christmas movies too. And I, I love Christina. I love your grown up Christmas movie. I, I agree with that. Uh, Cause Elf is my personal, like all time favorite Christmas movie, but that's another story. <laughs> but no, this, this movie always makes the rounds. Um, I'll watch it even when it's not Christmas time. So I was very really excited. yeah uh, just, you do too I Christina mean, yeah. yeah I don't know I, I feel like it do, definitely uh touches on that Christmas atmosphere and like that family feel and I think it is very relatable because you do have those parents or you do have the you know the crazy siblings that you have to win over like even if you just bring a friend over too yeah it's like I'm 100% Rachel win. McAdams in this scenario in case any of you are wondering <laughs> And I mean, my my family Christmases weren't like that at all. But I've been to houses where, with my friend, and I've seen how they act, and, and I'm like, oh, I could totally relate to that person, or I could see somebody relating to that person. So mm -hmm. I think that's why I like it so much because it is very relatable. Um, yeah, and it's and it's not even necessarily about Christmas too. I mean, yes, it's Christmas time and it's all that, but it's like it's this whole family like dealing with different issues and how family kind of either helps you or hurts you kind of thing too so mm. that's why i think i like it um even when it's not christmas time because it's like you have that whole family dynamic and everyone has a crazy family so it's like it's I, a I very know, emotionally I, dynamic movie exactly yes. Yes, yes yes so that's why i love this movie a lot and yeah. i think I, when it came on theaters i think i saw it at least three times and then i oh own gosh. it so i'll watch it like like i said it's on my it's on my repeat during the holidays and then um, I'll watch it randomly too when I want to. Wow. I love it. It's a good movie. Yeah. I watch it every Christmas. It's in my rotation. I think I'm the only person, and I'll talk about this in a little bit, in my family who enjoyed it. And other than you two, I think <laughs> I think you guys are the only people I know who actually like it. <laughs> because you know what people tell me? They've been in that situation. They've been in the situation where they like walk into the family and the family's just like, fuck this bitch and like uh -huh. doesn't give her a chance. And then the little sister I'm pointing at myself is like, oh, I've met her and she sucks, you know, kind of stuff. So, <laughs> so I feel like, I feel like, you know, it's, it's a, but don't you think Meredith gets in her own way just a little bit? Like, I don't agree with the way they treated her, but mm -hmm. I mean, she kind of gets in her own way. She's a, she is uptight to the point where you, some of those people need to be like shaken up down a little. Like, I hey. think they make her <laughs> uptight. I think, yes, she's uptight in the beginning and we see that she's uptight, but I think that they amplify her uptightness. Like the family makes her on guard. Like when he's yeah, like, when they pull up yeah. and he's like, they're all watching us right now from the window. And she's like, the fuck? Like that's, <laughs> that's intimidating. It is. That is super intimidating. I don't know. I feel like I've been on both or like ends when and I'm Wilson like an introverted person and I'm like, all right, bring it on. Cause now it's a combat today. Let's go. I'm going in. I'm going to win you over. Well, or like, but they just keep setting her up. Like when Luke Wilson's like, here's a mug of coffee after she decides to go stay at the hotel at the end. And he's like, you better bring that up because being, bring that back because that's Sybil's favorite mug. Like that's some <laughs> fucked up shit. <laughs> like you're setting her up. 
Yeah. Because when she's making the coffee and Sybil comes out, she's like, there's supposed to be coffee. She's totally like cleaning the pot to make more coffee. Like there's no awareness that somebody else could like be involved and slightly change the dynamic. It's their way or the highway. Yeah. (laughs) Which is like 100% my family. I have to remind my siblings every time it was very difficult to, to like be a dating person for, with our family. Like this is not an easy family to be like, Hey guys. You're I mean, you in, could do that, but it's going to take us like seven or eight times to be like, okay, you're cool. <laughs> it takes trial and error. Trial and error. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so wait, did you like the movie or do you just watch it? that's the difference mm, i'm on the fence i like it but then i don't you know you know what it is you know how you watch things because they're comforting Mm -hmm. Uh i think that's what it is for me yeah so what's comforting about it if you don't like it all the way i know what's gonna happen (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) the predictability i know what's gonna happen there's no surprises Huh? Like you, I feel like every Christmas movie has like an element of predictability, and that's oh, yeah. why we get so nostalgic about them. Yeah, like, that's why we cling on to them, and the fact that you only get to—not that you only get to watch them once a year, but like you're really only watching them once a year. So mm-hmm. you add that extra layer of like nostalgia on, like, mm-hmm. oh, but it's our once a year tradition to watch this movie, and then you watch the movie again, and then you're like, do I really like it? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like. Like, whereas me, I'm just like, I am obsessed with, I watch The Sound of Music every Sunday before Christmas every year, but I, I, but I, it's like a tradition, so I can't break from that, but I like listen to the soundtrack all year long to fill my need for Sound of Music. So you would hate to find out that it took me like 17 years to watch that movie and I watched it by force. (laughs) You know what? I'm going to let that slide. I'm going to let that slide. We can still be friends, but I'm going to let that slide. And it's this, we're going to have, we're going to have this conversation another day when we can have, really have this conversation. Cause I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. That's fair. A lot of people get mad at me for it. <laughs> I'm literally. It's a lot of singing. It's a musical. <laughs> I don't like musicals. It makes me uncomfortable. All right. Well, now I know that uh, Mario and I will be having conversations without you. (laughs) About musicals. About musicals. About the sound of music. (laughs) All musicals. He was just Grease is my exception. Grease is my exception. Well, okay. But that's like... Okay, listen, we don't have time to derail. (laughs) I was going to totally go on a tangent about musicals just now. We we ain't got that kind of time. I'm so sorry. It's okay. I still love you. There is a big family secret Sybil and Kelly are sharing two of the four kids have figured it out by like 20 minutes into the movie what the secret is Susanna the oldest daughter figures it out because her mother is napping in the middle of the day spoiler alert oh yeah if you haven't seen this movie (laughs) whoops it came out in 2004 I can't help you you haven't seen it yet it's too late it's Since everywhere. 16 years. years. It's at a sweet 16 this year. Yes, Let's go. Yes, yes. This is a sweet 16 honorarium. <laughs> okay. Kelly tells Ben while they're getting high at the high school, but they are still protecting this piece of information that will alter their family life. So I can't help but wonder. Did you see what I did there? Could it be argued that Sybil's cancer coming back and being terminal is part of the reason why she is so adamantly against Everett and Meredith? Because remember, he's like, I want grandma's ring. I'm going to propose to her. And she's just like off just ranting to everyone but Everett about it. And then they finally have like a fallout. I think it does. It definitely has to do with that. Um, I mean, I'm I'm not a mom, so I can't say. (laughs) But I mean, from... From a observation and just seeing other moms, you know, I mean, that's their dream, like to be able to love their daughter-in-law or their son-in-law and, you know, welcome them in the family. And I think her knowing that that's going to be their her last Christmas, pretty much, and he brought home this girl that she does not like, like, she's like, I got to get rid of him because I don't have enough time because he's got to find somebody else kind of thing, like... 
And she's like, I don't want my last dying breath knowing that that who he's stuck with, knowing <laughs> they're not going to work out, you know? They're ill-fitted, yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't want my mom's finger on her shriveled up hand. Listen, because <laughs> it's different when you give it to your son. I have a lot of family jewelry, and I'm like, I don't know if I... <laughs> I know it's tradition. You, okay. You're the one with like an older son. So I want to know before I get into what I think, <laughs> I think both of you are going to don't like my opinion, but it's fine. <laughs> but I want to know like what you think coming from someone who might, you know, one day have to do something like this. Well, I don't know if he's ever going to ask for any of my grandmother's jewelry to propose with. And even if he did, I would be very like, we're pessimistic when it comes to relationships in the family. And I don't know why my parents have married 50 years. Both sets of grandparents were married for over 50 years. So like, why can't I just assume that my children, child or myself could be married long-term, right? But like, <clears throat> I'm traumatized because pop culture does this. They do this. The girl has the grandmother's ring of the husband. They break up and they get a divorce and the girl doesn't want to give the ring back because that's her engagement ring. But the ring's been in the fucking family for like a hundred years. So give the ring back. But they're yeah. so mad that the family wants the ring back. Like this is a thing that we see reoccurring in pop culture all the time. So now I don't want to give my grandmother's story to your uh, spouse. I want, I'll give it to your granddaughter because she's blood. <laughs> Not terrible isn't I feel like that makes me a horrible person but like I don't want to go through the fighting of like that's my grandmother's ring that means more to me than it does to you you just were proposed to it like that literally is a love piece between my grandparents yeah I think I feel like everybody can kind of get on board with that like a family heirloom should stay in the family I don't understand why people hold those hostage those are weird yeah it doesn't make sense to me Hollywood stop doing that shit like some of yeah I I need to know listen why are we making the like why are people so awful like we're making people out to be awful and then people in society reflect that because it's like well people movies do that so it must be okay like I'm sorry but people are dumb (laughs) they're gonna follow what happens in like movies sometimes right Okay, tell us yours. Your turn. Go. Okay, so I like I get that she seems like she really doesn't like Meredith, but mm-hmm. I think every time I watch it, I see Sybil with like a little bit fresher eyes, and oh. every time I see the fact that like she's literally like ill, and I don't think it's Meredith that she doesn't like. I don't think she likes them as a match, and mm. she's more trying to convey the message that. Meredith is not Everett's person. Mm-hmm. It's not oh. that she doesn't like Meredith. It's not that she doesn't like her as a person, but she's trying to get the point across that like he's not himself with her and she's clearly oh. not herself with him. Oh, that's a and really she's good perspective. Like every, that is very I, good. I say that because like I said, it's a lot like my family. My mom can be very brash at first. She seems very intense. But when you realize like she's always coming from a place of love and you Mm -hmm. over time, you start to see like the patterns you go, no, she's not. It might be the wrong approach, but she's coming from a place of going like, I, I know you so well. I, I know your heart so well. And this person probably has a wonderful heart as well, but Mm -hmm. you guys' hearts are not, you're not meshing. Mm -hmm. And when they mesh, I will give you this ring with like, the highest honors please take it please marry this person I know you guys are going to be perfect my grandmother would want this and I think she comes at it in that sense does she go about it correctly no but I think that the amount of times I've watched it and the way that she opens up to Meredith throughout the movie and the way that she's so open with her sister which we'll get to later like Mm -hmm. right away she knows in her mom heart instinct wise like nope that's a better match or this is a better fit you know And I think that that's something that like only, you know, only a parent can know or only someone who's super close to you in a way that like no one else knows you. Yeah, I totally get that. I have some friends where I'm just like, I love this couple together. And then I have some friends where I'm like, I like you and I like you. I don't like you together. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So I don't know. I think it's not necessarily like a like a attack on Meredith. I think it's more attack on their partnership. Like they don't sure, sure, like sure. that fit. Like, yeah, it's not Meredith. They're just like Everett, you're not even you like right now. Like, yeah, you're, yeah, you're you, but you're acting like, and so is she, like, she's clearly not comfortable to be yourself either. Like that's showing too. Mm-hmm. 
one of them calls him out, right? Is it his brother or is it his dad? I think so. I think it's Ben. Yeah, he totally calls him out. You're not acting like yourself. Like, who is this yeah. guy? And they even make fun of him about wearing a tie all the time. Yeah. Like, take off your tie. Why are you still wearing your tie? That kind of stuff. And very observant, Christina. Sometimes I get deep. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, the show is over. Yeah. <laughs> well, Thanks we'll end right. on that note right there. Thanks for coming <laughs> to our TED Talk. It was so good. <laughs> yeah, that, we, we only went on three Christmas tantrums. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it, you're not wrong. You want your you want your children or and or loved ones to be with somebody that is going to bring the best out of them. Mm-hmm. And some just because it looks like it fits on paper doesn't mean it's going to work. Oh, Christina said that. I said that. I said, uh, I actually said this for a later question, but Meredith and Everett, technically, probably to each other, fit all the qualifications mm-hmm. that they ri- like wrote down on paper. Like these, mm-hmm. this is my picture perfect person, mm-hmm. and they both compared notes, and they were like, "Yes, this works." And then mm-hmm. they got it back. But then you realize, like, you stoic and creepy together. Like, let's yeah. drop this. This isn't working. <laughs> this isn't working this is weird in an attempt for support meredith has her sister julie come to the family get together everett has never met julie and lectures his family about the treatment of meredith because at this point they've like done several things to her like we mentioned the luke wilson giving her the mug and just all kinds of stuff Uh, meredith doesn't want to stay in everett's room with him so puts amy out which i thought that was we'll get into that in a second (laughs) he's adamant Everett is adamant about proposing to Meredith while getting off the bus when her bus arrives Julie falls and only slightly gets injured back at the family stone everyone is fretting over her tending to her wounds this upsets Meredith further later at dinner Julie seems natural in conversation with the rest of the family and when the discussion moves to Thad and Patrick's adoption Meredith poses the question of nature versus nurture and the family banter around sexuality becomes light and jokes are made. And then Ben states that he's here, he's queer, get used to it. And Sybil responds with, I gave up on all hope on Ben years ago. And Meredith pauses and in my opinion, makes it really fucking awkward and asks, you didn't really hope for great gay children, did you? And which then causes Meredith to clarify her question, which comes out, in my opinion, muddled and homophobic sounding, leaving Thad and Patrick feeling dejected, Sybil and Kelly upset further with Meredith, and Meredith feeling attacked and unsupported by her boyfriend. So I just want to give some stats because this is 2005 that this film takes place. According to Pew, in 1997, Hawaii was the first state to offer same-sex couples domestic partnership. And over the next 18 years, the country slowly battled laws banning same-sex marriage with the Supreme Court finally ruling in 2015 that the state bans on same-sex marriage is unconstitutional. In 2004, Massachusetts became the first state to allow same-sex marriage. And by 2005, when this film aired, California, New York, New Mexico, and Oregon are added to the list. So that conversation around the Family Stone dinner table was likely one that was mirrored across the country, right? Like I'm assuming families across the country were having this conversation because these things were happening through the law system. And in 2021, to me, this film, this, this, this scene and this film still feels very relevant today. So aside from the very colorful Mac on Sybil's desk, which is so 2005, could this film be released today without any changes? Go ahead, Mario. I, I know. I, I, without any changes, I yeah, definitely think there'd be changes. A little okay. Bit. Uh, I'm expand me, on that for me. So yeah, so the scene I feel the scene is very 2005. Okay, just because I think I think that was to a lot of people a newer thing. Like it was being more accepted. Um, because I like, I came from a very conservative family, so like it was church and all this stuff. So it was like I kind of grew. I people around me had that mentality, you know. You know, same sex isn't, you know, isn't godly, isn't it, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so it's like, I grew up with that in my head. I never agreed with it. But so it's like, I, I, I could see, I'm trying to think how to put this. 
it was. I can see where Meredith's come from. She did not put the. She did not put that question out very well. Yeah, it's not a question. I don't think it was a question that needed to be stated out loud for everyone to see. Because, like, for me, like, I would have questions, like, and not just because it's like I'm, you know, a bigot or anything. It was just because I it's was too, curious. It, yeah, like, it's 2005. It's yeah, it's new. yeah. And so, like, I feel like if she, I think she was just being curious, and she didn't. I don't think she intended it to come out the way she did and I think she even kind of touches on that um that I felt like that should have been a more private conversation with mm-hmm. either like a parent the parent like Sybil or like Ben and um Thad or the, the Patrick the, and Thad Patrick and Thad yeah um not an openly conversation in front of the whole family and I think that that's kind of where she went wrong and yeah um because there are stuff, because I mean, there's still stuff they like today that I don't know, or I'll hear phrases or stuff that I'm like, I don't know what that means. And I, I, I want, I want to know because it's like, I don't want to come across, you know, or do anybody or offend anybody. So it's like, I have friends that are gay and stuff. So it's like, I'll talk to them privately and be like, hey, I just have a quick question. Mm-hmm. And they know my, they know me, they know my heart that I'm yeah, they- like that. So it's like, they, they'll, they'll be honest. They'll be like, oh, this means that, or this is what that means, or this is how I would react or how I would say it. So it's like, I, I see why this dinner scene is very cringe and I still get cringe over it too. Cause every like, time my like, girl, don't, this is not a question not to like, stop, it's stop, so uncomfortable. It I have to fast forward every time because <laughs> I just feel like in, in terms of the film, I feel like it's a technique used to highlight just how awkward Meredith is with the family. Yes. But I also think like, did we have to, did we have to use that? Well, I guess we did. Cause it's 2005. Like what yeah. other thing could they have used to demonstrate just how uncomfortable mm-hmm. she was in a bigger yeah. scale as a family situation. So, so for, I think if it was to change, if it was to be updated, it would definitely in, involve like um, like trans men or trans women. Like mm-hmm. the whole, that, I feel like that's very new, like recently. So I feel like that would be like the conversation they would be having and not necessarily the marriage itself. Because the marriage, I mean, like 10 years later, 2015, it was legalized. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like that's, at least in my opinion, that's a little more common. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know... Um, the trans world is now becoming a more dominant. Um, and we're learning more and people are we're learning feel more, comfortable exactly. about so, saying exactly. so more like about what, be the, yeah. Exactly. So I feel like if that movie was released today, we'd probably touch on probably more stuff like that, I guess, like um, the cis man, the cis woman, you know, mm-hmm. all that, all those terminologies. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I guess that's my opinion on that. The yeah. Maybe for me, it feels like it's still relevant today because it's we because of where we live. (laughs) (laughs) You know, because there are conversations sometimes that come up and I'm just like, okay, did you forget this is 2021? I don't know if you got the memo, but I celebrated the new year. I'm sure you did, too. But that's not how we talk anymore. Um, But I do think. No, I do think we actually had a similar conversation all those years ago around a family table, not my immediate family, but a different family that I'm a part of. And the mom flat out said, because there's a quick comment in there about how like, oh, they think they've isolated a gene. And so they think there's a gene. Um, And the mom in this scenario in my in the real life says like, you know, we this is literally what she's she's a boomer. So bear with me. The older women get, we know that, you know, the pregnancies, they're not as quality because you get older and your eggs get older and just sort of that road, right? Like, so the older you are, the lesser the child could be, not lesser quality, but like there were studies for a while that, you know, you had higher risk of like all these things if you're like 40 having kids, right? So she's trying to equate homosexuality to that concept, I shit you not. I think this conversation happened in 2006. Everyone at the table, minus me, because I'm not getting involved because I'm just going to watch your family have this conversation, attacked her for that. But it's 2006. We're still learning. We're still having these conversations about like how to have these conversations in the language. But like 
so I, I guess I feel like it's a conversation that, you know, I see this in the movie and then it happened in real life for me. So I just kind of feel like, you know, I'm not the only one. I can't be the only one. Yeah. But I agree with you on it might have more of a, there might be more trans representation if they were to make this movie today. What are your thoughts, Christina? Um, I think it's still, I think the movie can hold up after all these years easily because I, I mean, like you said, where we live for sure, but in general, I don't think just because we have passed a lot of laws and just because we have a lot of open-minded people now, I don't think that negates all of the conversations that have still been had from that time that, you know, that was, scene was on screen. Mm-hmm. And I think that scene was extremely uncomfortable on purpose mm. because it just goes to show you that, like, that's how people not only were feeling at that time, but anytime there's a new concept introduced, there's going to be that little resistant pushback. There's going to be those inappropriate asking questions where even if they're not meant to be mean they do hurt somebody but they're also coming from a place of just ignorance Mm -hmm. and a place of not understanding and a place of not knowing and it might not be ill will you know it's not intentionally meant to be rude it's just how many times do you get stuck in a political conversation or get stuck in a now a COVID conversation and someone has a very different opinion than you or someone has just like says something that's a little off and you you know now you're questioning it or you Mm -hmm. don't it didn't mean to spiral in that way but that's what life is sometimes sometimes life is messy questions and uncomfortable situations where you stick your foot in your mouth because you were ignorant or yeah you put people in a position of feeling bad about themselves because you didn't take the time to learn ahead of time or whatever. And I don't think that it's some, I think uh, Mario's correct. I think if we were to make this movie now, then there would probably be, you know, like maybe a, an interracial or a trans or both, you know, couple at the table and it'd be questions about that or, you know, mm-hmm. or maybe it would be like the granddaughter was that, and that would bring up questions. Um, but I think overall the, the idea of just entering not a new concept but a concept that's not wildly accepted Mm -hmm. overall and then we're trying to get it more accepted that's what we're going to come across is conversations at the dinner table with people's families and not your family Mm -hmm. they are uncomfortable because that's how we move change that's how we get to 2021 that's how we're going to get to 2050 that's how we're going to get to these places where people are more accepted is if you have these uncomfortable, inappropriate, maybe sounding conversations. And I, I don't think that they shall go this way, but I but think they, it's yeah. realistic that yeah. they are because it's like you're dealing with multiple generations. Mm-hmm. You're dealing with multiple viewpoints and a lot of different people's emotions. So they are going to get charged and it is going to get heated. And sometimes it is going to be that quickly. And I think that that holds up over time. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that like, that is just a only two I don't I think there's still a lot of people especially in the middle of the country having this conversation or wishing wishing they could have this conversation with their family still yeah Yeah. so I think that it's it is something that we could update but it's also something unfortunately that some people haven't even gotten to yet Mm -hmm. and that makes me sad so I think that it does hold up that's a long answer to say yes. (laughs) I, Hey, I'm here for everything that you just said, because you're not wrong. I just rewatched guess who's coming to dinner, which came out in 1967. So friends, if you're, if you haven't seen the family stone again, it's been 16 years. We don't really know how to help you. Thad and Patrick are an interracial couple. They're gay. They're adopting a child. So Julie opens the scene with do you care about the race of the child? Which is a completely separate conversation because adoptions in 2005 and there's like a whole thing that we could do, we could talk about when it comes to like uh, adoptions and race. But we ain't got that kind of time. No. Um, and, and Meredith is like, Julie, how could you ask such a question? And, but it's a legitimate question and an honest question, because especially at that time, that was a huge conversation about like, 
you know, there's all these children that need to be adopted and what's going on. And, you know, how are you going to, you, you know, foster the culture that they might be from. And, and now we're seeing all these grown children who were of um, an, a minority ethnicity adopted by white families going on this sort of pilgrimage, trying to figure out what is their cultural identity because they were raised by white people. Um, so I think that <laughs> I know a lot of people doing that right now, actually. Um, so I think that having them open up the scene with that and then leading it into the conversation of like, you think it's na- like nature versus nurture, like you would want that your child because for me as a parent I'm like I don't give a shit what you are just don't be a sociopath or a serial killer like here's the standard don't don't embarrass the family name and don't end up in jail like everything else is a bonus (laughs) yeah any other no I agree with that I remember my mom asked me so many times she has my brothers too she had always asked us if we were gay growing up that was just a normal like if if we hadn't dated someone in a while, she'd be like, "Are you gay?" Like, no. Are we I'm having like, oh, questions okay. about sexuality that we need to explore? Yeah, it was, <laughs> yeah, it was just like, like, no, mom, still like guys, just not in dating right now. Okay, yeah. have you have you seen <laughs> like the options lately? Check in for us, so because <laughs> you know, ne- I mean, you could, you never know. Like some people, I have a friend who found out who realized very late in life, if, and you know, I'm 37, so very late for us is 27. But then when we talked about the background they came from and what the family dynamic was like and all these things. It was like, it makes sense that it took you this long to realize that this is what your truth is. Like, this is who yeah. you are. And then other people I meet who are like, I've known I've been gay since I was three. Just like how, 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 how lucky you are to have that self-awareness. Cause not everyone's allowed space for that. Yeah, definitely. So after this event, Meredith runs off, Ben follows her who I Ben's my favorite in the whole movie, but we can talk about that in a minute. They end up at a bar on Christmas day. Everett and Julie walked through the city looking for the two of them to no avail. And they clearly bonded. Um, and this bond clearly does not exist between Meredith and Everett, which makes it even more like, oh shit, that's your sister's boyfriend. Like, this is hard. Anyway, the attempts to reconcile after dinner are really never achieved. So the next morning, Meredith, it wakes up in Ben's bed, you know, there's all this commotion because, you know, all these things have happened. So here, let's catch us up. We're going to catch everybody up, even though we didn't really do that great of a job of filling everybody in on what happened in the movie. Um, Sybil finally hands over the mother's ring to Everett. Everett forces Julie to try on the ring because, you know, we fall in love with Everett and Julie as they're falling in love, but Julie's (laughs) clearly resisting it. Everett forces her to try on the ring. It gets stuck. Kelly finds Meredith in Ben's room because Ben's in the shower and Meredith has no idea what happened because she got so drunk the night before. Um, Everett and Meredith meet at the bottom of the stairs as Julie's running into the bathroom. So like Meredith and Julie run into the bathroom together. And then in the bathroom, Meredith implies that Julie and that she and Ben, Meredith implies to Julie that she and Ben had intimacies and then julie shows meredith the ring and meredith is like that's it and then like there's just all this commotion and then everyone's gathered around to open presents and then everyone opens this like incredibly thoughtful gift from meredith thus revealing she's not actually that heinous of a person that they all made her out to be and so roger ebert rounded out his review with this The family stone sorts out its characters admirably, depends on typecasting to help establish its characters more quickly, and finds a winding path between happy and sad secrets to that moment when we realize that the family stone will always think back of this fateful Christmas with a smile and a tear and a tear. So I want to talk about family relationships and the dynamics of the film, parents, kids, Everett, Meredith, Julie, Everett, Ben, Meredith, all the things. Because I thought it was a little weird that Meredith made a big stink about not sleeping in Everett's room with him. I don't know if you guys felt that way, but it was just like, oh, my God, girl. 
Yeah, the fact that she displaces the sister, the sister that already doesn't like her, that's where I'm saying, like, she kind of gets in her own way. Yeah. Like, the whole fam, because that's the whole point, is, like, from the start, the whole family tries to welcome her in by saying, like, yeah, you guys should share a room. Like, you, you're Which would never it. happen in my family. I don't know about yours. That shit would never happen in my family. <laughs> no. <laughs> my sister and her hu- former husband were living together, and my mom still made them sleep in different rooms. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't married yet, but when they're married, they can share a room. That was... That was the rule. That That was the rule. Such a weird rule. Sorry, Christina, I cut you off. No, it's okay. (laughs) I just, I think that, um, kind of forgot where I was going with that. I don't know what I was saying anymore. I cut you off. It's okay. Where were we at? What were we? Family dynamics, sibling parent relationships, ever getting in her own way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I think that, like I had already said earlier, Meredith and Everett together are stoked and creepy, and everyone (laughs) can read their vibe. It's not a good time. However, Ben has this playful like sense about him that pushes Meredith's buttons in a fun way and not in a like where she wants to resist it way, yeah. which makes sense where they start to like balance each other out. And mm-hmm. I can see why like I can see why they fit and I can see how they would make a good match. And then Julie and Everett have the that energy that like Sybil was wanting for her son. Like yeah. she saw it right away clearly julian everett saw it right away oh and i think it's like, like freaking what is it you know the things that attract to each other it's magnetic magnets. yeah <laughs> opposites attract yeah well that's where ben and meredith are they're opposites attract like they're the complete like they round each other out because everyone makes fun of ben for being like aloof being this being that and then meredith's the complete opposite so of course they're going to be gravitated towards each other because they're going to try to fix quote fix each other ben's gonna mm. try to make her looser and mm-hmm. meredith's gonna try to be like let's button you up and they're gonna balance each other out because they're both gonna be resistant of that wherever it gave in to meredith's wishes and instead where he finds with julie like they actually shared interests and mm-hmm. shared like just conversation and energy and they like match together so, so were you rooting know. for ben and or julie and everett when oh yeah the sparks flew yeah, I was like, well, because I was rooting for Ben and uh, Meredith. Meredith before, Meredith Meredith, yeah. like, before we even got to Julie, I was like, well, clearly <laughs> Meredith shouldn't be with Everett. She should right? be with this Ben guy. And this then, like, ben Julie guy. gets here, and I'm like, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, because we can't <laughs> leave, like, we can't leave Everett high and dry. We can't. Nope. We gotta, we gotta make this a weird family dynamic. Okay, but so I love even more, like, I love I love the family dynamic, just purely the family dynamic okay. with each other. Mm-hmm. I love the way that the parents are really in touch with their kids to mm-hmm. the point where that they tell them, you know, th- those harsh realities and they also show them that I mean, like, love. Ben and Ben and Kelly freaking smoke pot together in the high yes, school. That would never happen favorite. in my house. <laughs> my parents would never. They would never. <laughs> But would you do that with your kid? No, I don't. I'm not. I'm not a pot smoker. And I don't, you know, if he decides to be a pot smoker, that's his life. That's his decision. I just, you know, wait until you're 21 when you're old enough, you know? Of course. But I mean, like, in other ways. Yeah. Yeah. We go to the movies together. Yeah. yeah, We do. We watch TV. Yeah. I just think it's nice that, like, you can see that, like, the siblings still have that, like, from childhood that sibling like rivalry or playfulness and they brought it into adulthood and same with like the parents like yeah. they Susanna still went to go cuddle her mom you know not yeah I mean she did get that sense but you can tell that she just like that wasn't odd for them either right like, to be cuddled up it wasn't weird for Ben to hug um or Kelly to hug all of his kids or yeah even the spouses when they come in he's just you know he's ready to love his family yeah. and I think that that's so like it's so clear that there's so much love in that family and that they were able to keep that over time that the fact that they all get together every Christmas and they're going to last effortlessly like well yeah and they're going to last beyond the parents dying right like the family isn't going to die because the parents died yeah which I think is really like magical 
Yeah. What about you, Mario? What was your uh, the favorite? Like, do you have a favorite sibling duo, a family so dynamic I, situation? <laughs> so I love Ben and Meredith. And you know what's funny is like, for me, I always thought Meredith, uh, the playful Meredith that towards the end is who she was before. Mm. Because remember, she works in a business world. So at that time, women had to prove themselves. And yeah. she, the, the job she was in, I feel like were probably mostly men. Yeah. So she had to. She, she had to be, you know, that that hardcore woman that couldn't play around because she had to, you know, struggle and work yeah. to get where she was in a world full of men. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that's how she found, obviously that's how she found Everett and Everett was, you know. Just um, so handsome. Exactly. He's just so handsome. <laughs> so Remember him on New Girl? Oh, so cute. <laughs> He's so meeting, cute. Meeting Ben, um, I think what kind of reminded her of who she was before and mm. stuff. Um, so I think that was, it was, he was able to like, you know, take her out of her shell again and kind of thing. So I love them. I love, um, um, I love Amy. I mean, Amy gets a lot of- <laughs> We didn't get because, to talk about her a lot no, and I'm sorry that we didn't. I have to say, she needs to thank Meredith because Meredith's the one that brought her future husband in. Yes! Oh, I should have put that in our story. Oh you my know? gosh. <laughs> She's the one that invited him to Christmas. If it wasn't for Meredith, <laughs> drunkenly, you know, she drunkenly drunken. invited him to <laughs> What was his name? What Brad was his Stevenson. Name? Brad. Yeah, Brad Stevenson. Hold the phone. Brad Stevenson. You, you popped, popped Amy's cherry. <laughs> and I love him. He's from Parks and Rec way back yes. when. Yes. So it's like I love oh. his face too. Like when or Meredith's face too, when he shows up and she just go has that like flashback of remembering the one part of her drunk yes. night where she invited right. Brad and she's just like, oh my God. <laughs> I'm gonna buy you a drink. Barkeep. <laughs> barkeep did she say barkeep or bartender i don't remember bartender this rounds on me for everybody and you're like girl is loose <laughs> there's like five people in there because it's christmas eve <laughs> yeah i don't and think he's a handy that... guy to have around you know? yes he's a, he's a paramedic he knows how so... to save your life everybody yeah. needs one of those in their family <laughs> and look he joined the family no problem there was literal chaos happening and he yes. just came in with his snow globe and was like hey I'm here I'm to see Amy on a whim, I, even though I haven't talked to her. <laughs> That's because he's never stopped loving her. That's why. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Romantic. Yeah, I love that. I, lo- I loved her little thing. Um, and then Thad and Patrick are great too. I think they. Were... I, I love. And it was cool because Patrick. I didn't think they played the. A lot of movies do like the typical flamboyant gay mm-hmm. too, which I mean, yes, they're out there, but that's not everybody. Like, right, friends that are not are very you would never know they were gay because yeah. they're very they're still masculine or they don't fall into that stereotype exactly. So it was, it was nice to see like you know that these were a different type of gay. Like mm-hmm. they're very, they're, it shows you know, the very the breadth, mm-hmm. nice especially and, for that still. time. Yeah, exactly. Like the fact that that's what they chose to go with at that time, you're right. Like, I didn't even realize that. But yeah, yeah. it seems so normal, probably because I've seen the movie so many times. And I, I mean, I was raised in a household that that was just, it was okay. Like, you don't get to judge that. Like, there's, yeah. Just, yeah. there's gay people and that's what they do. And that's, so that's okay. it. That's just, that's just that. So, like, yeah. for me, it just seemed like such a normal couple, but I did like that they were not. Like you said, they weren't the stereotype at that time. Mm-hmm. Yes. I love that point because it's so easy, you know, and I talk about this a lot with the black community. Like I, I get frustrated sometimes with the, with the way that the pop culture sort of pigeonholes the black community into a very specific type of representation. And that's not everybody. That's not the whole story and it's irritating. And so to have patrick be this strong handsome black man because that man is beautiful agreed and he's not your he's not will or whatever the sidekick's name was from will and grace because i feel like that's a lot jack thank you (laughs) because i feel like that's a lot of what we see your guys like will and jack or we Mm -hmm. did back then anyway you guys are very smart thank you You bring depth to this conversation. <laughs> I'm just like, these are the things that I think. I wonder if other people think them. 
turns out no, but better. <laughs> you have good thoughts. Everybody's got good thoughts. That's what the whole point is. You bring them all together. Yeah, because we need to. We need to have. We need to create the space to be able to have these conversations and show that it's okay to be a ignorant in some areas and b like acknowledge like this is where we were and this is where we're going. Um, do you, this isn't in in the thing, but last sort of roundup, do you have a favorite scene? Oh, that's hard. (laughs) Cause there's so many good ones. Yes. No, but my favorites, um, when they're, uh, when she hands out the presents through the whole, the whole, like the commotion, the fight scene. Um, cause I love it when she's like, isn't there anyone that loves me? Yeah. It's like, he's like, I'm not marrying you. I didn't ask you. Yeah. And then, oh, I didn't sleep with you. Wait, no, you didn't sleep with me either? Like, and then she's, tra- and she's then just got she, egg I, on I her shirt. She's like, the day before, she's like trying to make this strata for the family as a nice thing. And it's like, after all that, it gets knocked over. And yeah. Then, and then Amy slips in it. And then yeah. the ladies are all like, and then the boys are running around. Like, it, it's such a great scene because it's like, that is totally Christmas. Like you always yeah. have that fighting and you have the kids running around and yeah. arguing and stuff like. <laughs> okay. Hold on. That egg is like all over her at the end when it comes to like, everything comes to a halt. Do yeah. I think that was supposed to be an unintended pun, like egg on me for the way that she was acting. I didn't I even. I only got that while Mario that. was talking. Well, well, Mario, when you were talking, that's when I thought of it. So it's not like I'm smart. I just had a realization. Like I was like, shit, egg on her. And I'm all, oh, egg, on, egg on her. <laughs> oh, that's a really good that's question. A good point. I don't know. You know how sometimes they do those little hidden gems? Like to yeah. see if someone would catch it? I yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I love this scene. This makes me a terrible, uh, weird person. You know, when she hands out the gift and the, everyone mm-hmm. opens it, and it's Diane Keaton pregnant with Amy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love a thoughtful present. That's the best. Tears. Did yes. you not cry? You can't not every, cry. Time, every time you see it. Every like, time mm-hmm. I cry. And she's like, that's me and you, kid. And it gets me every, every time. Uh-huh. Yep. That line gets me every time. Like, <laughs> right it is and it's because and, you, and because you like we know she's not coming back so yeah. like, exactly it's the most beautiful keepsake ever yeah and like I, and, and just the f- just like basically comes like wins the whole family over coming in clutch and it makes me and clutch because me. she had a thought of that before she's even met them too so it's like like meredith was actually really really thoughtful because she mm-hmm. really really did want to be a part of the family wanted mm-hmm. them to like her and stuff like that and as we discussed, like she just, I think she just kind of got bottled up and yeah. overwhelmed, and and I love but the yeah. af- the affection, right? Like she found it on Everett's desk, so the admiration that the kids have for their parents, like mm-hmm. that, just also reaffirms that family dynamic of them being close and that they love each other. Like there isn't, we don't see anyway, we don't see any of like, we only see what they share with us, but they're he clearly like. I mean, I don't know about you guys. I don't have a picture of my mom on her desk on my desk. Actually, I don't have any personal items on my desk because California California is an at-will state. So you technically don't have to give two weeks and they don't technically have to give you two weeks. So like I, if anything happens, I want to be able to bounce and not have to worry. <laughs> and put your stuff in the box and carry out. Yeah, I don't want to do any of that shit. If they're like, oh, we're not because you know, here. all these books tell you to fire people at the end of the day so it doesn't create havoc for your workspace. So I'm just like, I don't want to pack shit up. I just want to be like, cool, I'm out. <laughs> or like if something happens when, you know, I don't know. Anyway, I just took a turn. Whoopsie. Sorry, guys. Uh, I think my favorite scene is <laughs> when Ben and Kelly get back from smoking pot together and Ben realizes <laughs> and he goes and he hugs Sybil. Yeah. And like they have that like moment where she's just like, she's joking. She's in mom mode and she's like, oh, do you have fun getting high with daddy? And then like she realizes that hug means something else. Yeah. And I think it was after, it was like right after Susanna had found out. Yeah. And I just, the fact that they were like back to back like that, the fact that we got like so, we found out so much with so little words. Mm hmm. I don't know. It gets me every time. Cause that's I think a- that's like the core of what family is, is like, 
it's just it's energies it's energies reading each other mm-hmm. without needing to say all of those words all the time and it's because a really- sometimes it's easier to just yeah. kind of feel it and hug it out and be like okay now we're gonna go back to pretending like all i did was smoke pot with dad <laughs> and it's a really great way to move the story along without telling us what's going on you're showing us what's going on and i think a lot of times what makes a film timeless is when the people who come together to tell the story figure that out you know when you have people showing what's going on and you can infer for yourself so that way you're a part of the emotions that are trying to be like displayed on screen i think that's such a great technique yeah i'm not a i'm not a fan of the soapbox speeches Give me, show it to me. Like, Ooh. don't lecture me, you know? Yeah. It also we- is like, it's not something you want to find out in like a harsh way that tends to like kind of ruin the mood of the movie mm-hmm. where when they, you find out in subtle ways over where you kind of piece it together with the family, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like a big like wrecking ball, I guess. It feels more like, okay, like, yeah, we're just okay, I was right. My stupid gut was right. Mm -hmm. And you kind of like just succumb to it rather than like be knocked out by it. And I think that that was really nice because that's what keeps that like, it sounds creepy, but it's what keeps the Christmas magic still alive in the movie is that Mm -hmm. they don't hit you with a wrecking ball of tragedy. They hit you with like, sometimes sad things are going to happen around the holidays. And sometimes we just have to kind of like accept it. And sometimes mm-hmm. we have to just, you know, embrace what we've got and keep going and we can still, and I like that they didn't show again. They didn't explain anything when they did the, like the next year, they yeah. just, they just, they just gathered together and they showed that someone was missing and there was still that family bond and there was still that magic. And I think that's what makes this movie so timeless is they did such a good job of telling you a story without telling you a story. Yeah, And then everything that they actually told you was still a different and good story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree with the end. I was going to say that, too, was the ending. Like, we pick up a year later and everyone comes back still. So it shows that family dynamic. And even though, you know, Sybil's gone, that there's still that love in that family. And mm-hmm. that they they still got each other. And now Meredith is part of the family. And then Julie's now part of the family. And mm-hmm. Brad. Um, and then at the same time, Poor it's Brad. like... <laughs> <laughs> oh brad we love brad yeah but um that there are they are going to be okay like and i think that's they could have left on a sad note too but i think it's a also a heartwarming ending too because it's like it shows that yeah uh it's going to be okay mm-hmm. you know? and you see that in um, patrick with their baby yes. which makes you feel good and yeah yeah so yeah i agree it's still it's timeless i love it it's a very Christmassy movie i love christmas <laughs> me too I said, is November 1st too early to decorate for Christmas? And my child said, no. yeah. <laughs> like, um, no. Excuse me? No. Whose family are you in? <laughs> I, pre- I appreciate both of your support in this, that November 1st is not too early to decorate for Christmas. <laughs> That's, I try to get Taylor to let me decorate on that day, but he says I got to wait till after Thanksgiving. Listen, it's such an American thing. You haven't it's seen t- that calendar? It shows like the first three weeks of November is Christmas. The week of Thanksgiving is just Thanksgiving. And then yeah. the rest of the month is all Christmas. Yeah. yeah. So I support that. Just, I feel like Thanksgiving, <laughs> you do deserve a whole week for Thanksgiving. But like we need pre-Christmas before Thanksgiving because yeah. otherwise it's too short. Like Thank I don't you. have enough time. Yes. I don't have enough time to get the movies in. I don't have time to get the festivities in. I don't have time to get the actual chores that need to get done. Mm-hmm. In. Mm-hmm. Like, so I would much rather have pre-Christmas. Yes. Enjoy my like week long of just eating and pretending like Christmas doesn't exist. And then come back to Christmas. <laughs> yes. Hardcore. Yeah. Like, all right, we're here. I, We've already pre-gamed. We're yeah. ready. I support you. All right. I support that. I think so, we all have a good setup this year, guys. Good job. Yes. Yeah, nice, nice work, everyone. Good team. <laughs> so I saw this movie in the theaters in 2005 when my family went to visit my sister for Christmas in Seattle. My son was barely one at the time, so my dad stayed back to hang out with the boy. And I think I'm the only one in my family who liked this movie. And I've been watching it every Christmas since. Christina, Mario, 
thank you so much for stopping by and discussing this film with me. It's like, you guys, you rock. <laughs> um, can you remind everyone where they can find you if they want to keep up with you online? Christina, why don't you go first? Uh, it is Christina underscore K that's K A Y not just letter underscore creations. (laughs) I got to make that like little caveat. Yeah. If you'll remember from our mean girls episode, everyone, we had a very deep conversation about that. (laughs) (laughs) Mario, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me at, at movies with Mr. Mario on Instagram awesome friends don't forget to subscribe and write a review of the show not listening to us on a platform that lets you do a review totally fine share us with your friends on instagram tag us so we can say hi as always you can keep up with us between episodes on instagram at pop culture makes me jealous and we hope that you have a wonderful holiday season and if you celebrate christmas happy christmas and if you celebrate other holidays that happen in December share share with us because we want to learn about what your holiday celebrations are until next time friends thanks for tuning in y'all